chapter further revealed. What's going on, everyone? You already know, Sick Boy's back. Virtual today, not in Ben's basement, but we chilling. How y'all doing? I'm hyped. Ryan, welcome I'm back. Glad you're, yeah, uh, glad missed, you're feeling better. I you guys last week. You guys did a good show, though. I know it wasn't anything crazy, but Baseball Hall of Fame something I feel like is more interesting than any other Hall of Fame, in my opinion. So I'm glad that yeah, you guys We didn't put it on Spotify just because we did a lot of like looking at stats and so some of that didn't necessarily translate but it was fun to just talk about and at least get some some content out there and do a full podcast this week and a special episode 50 upcoming on saturday is that is 50 this saturday it's a saturday that's why it's in person all three of us and it's episode 50 that's the turning 50 oh my gosh right in front of our eyes wonder like how podcast years work I think it's a one year per episode, so we're already at 50. Oh, my gosh. It's getting well, up more years. Our podcast is retiring, and then we'll just be on Social Security doing the podcast. It's great. Dang. All right. Well, we have a fun show for you guys tonight. Um, we, got, uh, we got some NFL playoffs. We didn't touch on it too much last week, so we'll talk about that. 76ers and Flyers updates. Maybe I'll touch on some Nick stuff. Then we're going to get back to a nice random box score, something we haven't done in a little while. And of course, you guys know we got to end it with the Immaculate Grids. Wouldn't be a podcast without it. No, of course not. So, NFL playoffs first off. Uh, Chase, tough one. I think all three of us were probably rooting for the Ravens. Just to just now, the Chiefs of four the last five years have been in the Super Bowl. So tough, tough L. But how how are you feeling? Yeah, I definitely felt the weight of America's shoulders going into this game with all the support for the Ravens. So thank you to everyone that uh, came out and wanted the Ravens to win. I really appreciate it. But yeah, this was going to be a tough game. I kind of had a bad feeling all week about it because it's the chiefs and because they've been there so many times and they know what it means to get there. So really knowing that going into the game, you can't be surprised with how the game actually went. And I just have to say the chiefs really played a great game against the Ravens. They saw what the Texans did really well in the first half of their game the week before, and basically just implemented that all game. The chiefs blitzed a lot and Lamar just couldn't, figure out what to do with the ball and I don't know who's to blame but there's a lot of people probably responsible for just enough to make it seem like it's a big deal but obviously this is definitely not what the Ravens have played like all year and if he ends up winning the MVP it's definitely going to be a little tarnished now that the just based off the result of the game but overall the defense showed out if you would have told me before before last week that they would hold the Chiefs to 17 points, I'd be pretty confident that they could win the game, especially in the second half. I think Patrick Mahomes ran 40 plays and only had 100 yards. And I don't know if that's ever happened in his career, but they basically stopped him. But the things that killed them was just on, they weren't disciplined. If you give them 100 free penalty yards, you have to expect that they're going to do some damage with that. And even with that all considered, they really didn't have a lot of damage done to them. But just costly mistakes, and I feel like mistakes compound mistakes, and you just can't get away from that once it starts to happen. So hopefully next year they get a little tougher from this. They understand what it's like to to be this far and to go against a team. And when you have Travis Kelsey heckling you all game, I'm sure it just unnerved a lot of those guys. And it's not like the Ravens haven't been successful all year. They beat really good teams and did it on the road sometimes. So I kind of felt in a way if it was a road and if this was a road game for the Ravens, they probably would have done a little bit better. I think it's just so much pressure and they've never gone deep in the playoffs with Lamar. It's been one and done. So yeah, I can't really blame them. To be honest, this loss didn't hurt as much as the Phillies one did. The Phillies one really kicked me in the balls for a while. And it's just because they should have beat the Diamondbacks. They had more than enough talent to do so. And they were right on the doorstep. And, yeah, the Ravens were on the doorstep, and they had all the talent, and they had a lot of wins, but I just felt like something was off. And we could probably go back a couple episodes and find that when I said I couldn't see, like, what what 
you know, what it is about this team, but something didn't feel right. And unfortunately it happens now. I think if they would have made it to the, the Super Bowl, they beat up whoever they play for sure. They've done it to both teams this year. So I was pretty confident in that fact, but the chiefs were the big road test. And now they get to go on, like you said, four or five Patrick Mahomes, just cementing his legacy at this point. He's a tremendous quarterback. And last week, just getting the ball out to Kelsey, I, Kelsey had like 10 catches or 12 catches, whatever he ended up with. But so many of those were in the first half, and they were at the line of scrimmage as a screen. So he needs like one yard to get six every single time. It's really frustrating for a defense. So I don't know. It's going to be a good matchup, though. It's not going to be a snoozer like the World Series was. I think a lot of people are still going to tune in for the 49ers and Chiefs. It's a rematch. Um even though the Ravens got bounced, I'm still excited. I'm sure you guys are too. So even though it's not our respective teams, we all feel like we could have been in this game. But, yeah. Chase, I'm surprised you're not more pissed. I mean, I am, and it sucks. But I, I guess it's more the fact that I didn't think that they were, like, really ready to be playoff tested. Like, when you're tough in the regular season, that's great. But the Chiefs played, like, dog shit all year. They were yeah. so bad. They couldn't catch yep. a ball to save their lives. And now it's back to the same old Chiefs. And it's like, okay, here's that thing again where the regular season doesn't matter. And it's just about getting into the playoffs. And, oh, they're not the number one seed. I guess they're going to have to go on a road. And it's Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't care where he has to play, what he has to do. He knows that I have a great game plan. I have weapons around me. And I have Travis Kelsey. And that's all yeah, he really everyone, needs. Yeah. yeah. And not for nothing, everyone the Chiefs defense. Off. Yeah, they were – which was stupid. They're like, why don't you think the Ravens are going to do well? It's like, I don't know. Have you not watched the NFL the last five years? Like, Patrick Mahomes is kind of a mofo. I'm just saying. Like, But they yeah. dominated possession, and their defense is ranked second across the board behind the Ravens. So it was the one and two defenses going at it. It really was a defensive game at the end of the day, and I love that. It sucked that it was happening to me on the other end, but, you know, it, it's a great team. They – they have a you know a good defense and oh this is another point I want to make. I talked a lot about the undersized linebacker. Both teams that made it have really good linebacker play. Fred Fred Warner, top five linebacker in the league. Nick Bolton, Drew Tranquil. You can put them together. You have a pretty big size linebacker because they play together as one. So overall, and the Ravens obviously Roquan Smith. I don't have to toot my horn about that. The Lions were maybe a little bit you know fourth out of the rank of those teams, but. I still feel like the teams that lost this year, if they get a solid, legit, rip your head off, take your heart out kind linebacker, it will make a difference going into next year. So just wanted to say that might be a little underproven fact and whatever. Yeah, they both have really good quarterbacks and offenses, and that wins the games. But I feel like the defenses, though, mattered in both games. Like the 49ers could have easily let the Lions get way out ahead and further up than what they did, more than 17 points, and they didn't. And same thing with the Chiefs. I mean, it so many times this year the Ravens games just got out of hand. Look at last week against the Texans. They ran it up to 30 points. So both defenses just came out and punched those teams in the mouth when it mattered and didn't flinch, didn't get scared, didn't let the hype get to them. And now we're about to see. Yeah. yeah. I just want to say – was... Go ahead, yeah. man. I just want to say I was just surprised with Kelsey and – a lot of teams aren't double covering him like I feel like they should. And I think, I mean, I know at the end of the game, the Ravens kind of made them throw to Scantling. And what are you going to do about that? I mean, that just is. Um, yeah. But it seems like there needs to be like Tony Gonzalez in his prime. He was like double cut. Like some of those really top tight ends, they were like right at the line of scrimmage, just double cut, like two guys on him. And I think Kelsey at this point needs that treatment, make Mahomes throw to one of those other guys. And if they beat you, then so be it. Just kind of like what we talked about at the end of the Ravens game. They did the right thing and he just happened to beat him and you kind of have to live with it. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised too, but and the place that he did really burn us on, it was a perfect pass and a perfect catch. Like there were so many, the touchdown that, that Kelsey had Hamilton was all over him. Like, I don't know much more he could have done. He didn't give up a touchdown all year to tight ends, and this was the first one. And I can't blame him, but so many times in that game, I have flashes of just Kelsey on a third and whatever, six, just getting open somehow, even though there was people around him. It was just a perfect throw. But, 
Yeah, like, like I don't understand why they don't press more against teams yeah. like that, against Patrick Mahomes, like you're saying, against Kelsey. Like, just disrupt them at the line of scrimmage. Like, if they beat you behind you, so what? You at least went out. But why, why let them have time to do all this? And Kelsey was just getting screens to start the game. Like, that's more annoying than anything. But it's like they're not even challenging you down the field. Like, they're just saying, we'll get the ball out before you can sack us or throw an interception. And I guess that's a nod to your defense of how good it is. But, like, get up there and just do something. Get bodies around there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – I want to just take a moment to talk about this game because I don't – it felt like – I don't know about you guys, but the script, the NFL script just felt real. I mean – I it, it has to be some fault on the Ravens coaching staff. You go into the game, they're one of the best rushing teams in the league, if not the best. And I felt like Gus Edwards had no carries. They didn't use Dalvin Cook once, I don't think. Nope. In a defensive game, you're never you're never out of it. It's always a one-two score game. Third quarter, even early fourth, they just it was like Lamar drops back, Lamar drops back. I'm like, run some RPO schemes with Justice Hill was having a good game, and I thought Gus Edwards didn't even get the ball. Go ahead. To your point, Ryan, so total carries for just the running backs were six all game. Six carries for the running backs. I know. Yep. Zay Flowers had two, and Lamar had eight carries. But Gus Edwards and Justin Hill combined for six. Six carries. See, like th- that, there's got to be some fall. I don't, it just doesn't even make any sense. And then, and then there has to be some fault for the Ravens and their preparation towards their rookies, younger players, their inexperienced players. And you can't just say every rookie is not ready for this. I thought the Ravens did not prepare Zay Flowers enough. And it was basically just magnified on the one drive where not only did he have the taunting penalty, which backed him up, but then going for the touchdown, he needs to realize that if he goes down at, like, the two-yard line, they can still punch it in and not – I mean, he's a tiny dude reaching out with the Chiefs' great defense and just getting that punch. I mean, I I thought it was a touchdown, 100%. I was like, I don't even know why they called it a fumble in the field. And then they show the replay, and I'm just, like, thinking – He's not thinking about it. He's just going big for the touchdown. But at the end of the day, he goes down at the two. They punch him in with Gus Bus. That's the tutty. And between that and then the next drive was just Lamar being flustered. That was his one really bad play of the game was the pick. But either of those, you get a field goal and it's one possession. I mean, I just don't know. I, I just think John Harbaugh, which I'm surprised. And just the coaching staff, either it was a great script by the NFL or – the Ravens coaching staff really lost that game to Andy Reid and Spagnola and them. And it just – this is just why I also hate the NFL sometimes, how they were just putting it on blast, Lamar versus Mahomes. Mahomes only had three playoff losses. Like all this, these two facing each other, first off, they don't play each other. They play the defenses. And second off, the defenses, it was – if you want to play it that way, it was – you know, Chiefs defense versus the Ravens defense, how the game went. And and I know Mahomes has only had three playoff losses, but I honestly think he – this just felt like a Brady-Patriots game where it was all defense and tight end. And Mahomes is getting credit for, you know, going to another Super Bowl where I think a lot of other players on the Chiefs deserve credit. I mean, they said their corners, their top two corners on the Chiefs, and that sneak guy, he's young. He's yeah. a first or second year player, right? I think he's actually four years in and about to get an oh. extension. Oh, but the Eden, <laughs> that, that's a whip. But both of those corners, I don't think, had one PI on them all season. So, yeah. I mean, like, there's just, I get it. Mahomes is back there and you need a QB to make the plays on the offensive side, but there needs to be a lot more credit than just Mahomes beat Lamar in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their defense led a lot of statistical <laughs> categories, and it showed up on Sunday. But yeah, like you said, they didn't run the ball, and that's been their identity. And I don't, you know, I talked about this too over the weekend. Like Harbaugh has gone against a superpower AFC team in deep divisional games. We had to go against Tom Brady, and yeah, he used to 
dink and dunk us and do almost the exact same thing as what Patrick Mahomes was do. But they eventually got to the point where they knew how to beat them, and they did beat them. And then to the point when they went to the Super Bowl year, they shut them out in the second half of that game. So, really, I know they're capable of doing it. I know against the Chiefs, they're like 1-3 now, 1-2 and two before the game. And those two games they lost were a struggle. They just made bad decisions. Harbaugh would go for it when they could have just kicked a field goal, and it really came down to those decisions. And the game that they did win, they didn't press against them. They just let the game come to them and let <laughs> them just dictate their will and put it to them. And, it, I mean, they came in, and right off the bat, the Chiefs drove down the field, took off a bunch of time. I think two or three drives later, Patrick Williams had a nine-minute drive. Like, they just were exhausting the defense and using our game plan against us. And the Ravens and Harbaugh, like, this, the things that annoy me about him is, like, he doesn't, like, totally just try to flip it them back and put the pressure on them. And I'm not saying go for it and fourth down and beat Dan Campbell, but, like, just go back to the fundamentals. Like, damn it. Like you said, Lamar can run the ball. Also, you have a running back. So, you have two people that can run the ball. Also, one of them throws the ball. So I feel like he should be in a better position than what we currently are in, and he doesn't do it. And uh, like that, I don't understand with Harbaugh. Yeah. He pisses me off. I've been ready for him to be fired since 2017, legitimately. Every single off season, even this off season, if he just decided to retire tomorrow, I'd have a little party. I'd be great. You know what? Go ahead, go. But I still don't hate him, but yeah, he's he, a that, good I mean... coach. But it's like I, sometimes he just pisses me off, and it's like. I don't know how many more years I can just go with a playoff game where it's just bonehead decisions, not thinking things through, questionable game plans. And I get last year, you have to put an asterisk next to it. Huntley starts the game, fumbles at the one, similar to Zay Flowers this year, and changes the whole game. So, And Flowers, too, like you said, diving for the end zone, I'm not hype about. He did have two hands on the ball, so I can't be pissed. At least he went in with actual technique but still tough and sneed punched it out i mean he's a pro he knows what to do he's gonna get a ton of money this offseason rightly so probably a super bowl ring attached to it but yeah it's on the stat sheet zay flowers did a lot i wish odell got more work in this game it's kind of you know on the year i'd have to give him a c plus which sucked we gave him 15 million dollars and i thought it would be a bargain deal and it was a harder and 15 million i can probably say and injuries didn't help, but if he doesn't end each game with 10 targets, I'm annoyed at that because he's in, he can still be a number one in this system. I'm not saying he's a number one on every team, but on the Ravens, he definitely could have could have been a number one. Yeah. yeah. Well, and going back to, I guess, you know, you touched, he's talked about Dan Campbell a little bit and some of those boneheaded decisions. Why don't we just quickly go over the uh, – other game, NFC. The other game that the, pissed us all off on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wasted six hours of my life. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, Lions. I mean, I, I was rooting for the Lions. I don't. I didn't want to see the 49ers in there. And they just, man, no trust in that kicker at all. On ba- With Bagley or Badger? Badgley. The money Badger. Badger. No trust. I don't think he's that any- good. Not saying I know, I know. more. Yeah. Campbell, I mean, that's how he's played all year. I get it. But, I, I mean, the playoffs, you can't act like the playoffs aren't different. You can't act like the NFC Championship game is not a little different than a normal regular season game. You got to yeah. get some points sometimes. And just know the feeling of the game. Like, one, they went for the one fourth down. They were up, right, at that point, like 24 yeah. points. In the third quarter, why? Like that, yeah, if, yeah. even if you don't trust them, punt and put them deep, like do something. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I don't understand that, but I guess that's been his MO and he's not going to change now. I guess people would call him out if he didn't. So it's really, it seems like a lose lose for him in either situation. But because if he makes those yeah, they plays, were... and they don't, but they would have been all right. They were up 24 to 10 when they went for the first time, which would have been they were at the San Francisco 28. So it would have been a pretty makeable field goal. Yeah. It's like a 40, 45 yarder. Yeah. yeah and they were up 24 to 10 at that point to go up three and scores. Then yeah. And then that's it. where then the San Francisco scored a touchdown. And then immediately, first play the next drive, they that's where Gibbs fumbled it. And then it was the game was just basically changed after that. Yeah. 
the crowd got back into it and yeah you know the 49ers give them credit two weeks in a row they had to come back and make a game so i guess all those curb stompings all year did them a favor unfortunately i I gotta say that lions team is like they have a three-headed monster at running back with montgomery gibbs and williams i mean that's a I know Williams is not even used much as a running back, but um, no. he could be. I mean, I know he's, but, I guess, technically a wide receiver. But but just the way that game started with Williams having that long run, I mean, two minutes into the game, they're up 7 nothing. I was like, wow, okay, Lions. And then, yeah. obviously, the way it was shaking out in the first half, I was like, damn, this game is done. Yeah. Like, if they just keep the – if they keep their foot on the neck and then, you know – the 49ers just, I don't know, they they don't give up. So, you know, I respect yeah. the hell out of that. You know, they could have easily just been – took the punch in the mouth and never recovered, but I don't know. I didn't see anything that they were doing that was good. They just couldn't seem to get into a rhythm. Didn't seem like they had any, like, a lot of miscommunications and, you know, rallied back, something the Ravens can get to their shit together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, I know that there was some coaching faults like we talked about in the Ravens game with the Lions, but I think we have to put a big blame on the receivers and corners and just drops. I mean, just starting on the offensive side, one of the fourth downs, they went for it. One of the two times I know it was, you know, a catchable ball. I, I want to say that was a Monroe. I can't, I can't remember the play exactly, but I just remember three, four, five plays Jared Goff's thrown to, you know, they're not the perfectly best thrown balls. Golf had a couple ducks in there here and there, but catchable <laughs> balls, right? And then just the flip side on the, on the other side, on the defense, I know in the first half Sutton had one that he easily should have picked. I mean, Purdy, I t- – I'm still convinced he's a fraud. Just the fact that in the the second half, too, I forget if it was Sutton again, the the play that went off of his helmet and Ayuk catches it for the touchdown. Like, Purdy's getting credit with, like, a 50-yard teeter right here, and literally he should have thrown a pick. Yeah. And just, I mean, so that's a two-drop picks, which I get it, they're cornerbacks. At least one of those should have been caught, though. And then on the offensive side, there was, like, three, four, five plays at least. And I mean, in today's league, with how how much the passing game plays a role in the outcomes, you have three drops on one side of the ball and two drops on the, on the other side. I mean, that that can kill you, and and it did. It did for the Lions. Yeah, yeah. Josh Reynolds did not have a good day. Yeah, he had a couple bad ones. Yeah. I was I was trying to replay it in my head. I just just kept seeing you know, the blue gloves and just nothing coming up with it. And, oh, it's just – that's killer because I think that they outplayed the Niners. I mean, yeah, Debo's shaking up. He's obviously not 100%. Kittle wasn't utilized until the fourth quarter, I think, when at that point, you know, everyone else was locked up. Ayuk had the one touchdown, which he shouldn't have had. And I think the Lions more or less lost that game. And that just – it sucks because it's the Niners, Chiefs, and in, t- in 2019, you know, Brady's still around. The Niners were just running the ball all day, every day. It wasn't even a bad one, but this one I'm just, like, not excited for at all now. Who are you rooting for? The Chiefs. And and the Chiefs because I don't want Brock Purdy to get a ring. I think he's a fraud. I don't want him to be validated any bit. And at this point, you know, Mahomes is annoying, but Ben, you made a great point when we were watching the games over the weekend. He's not, he's still not as hateable as Brady. The team's not as hateable as the Patriots and he's already won before. And if anything, I'll let that, I'll circle back. I'll let you guys choose who you want to be first. I'm going Chiefs. I, yeah, the rain and all that is, I just don't think Mahomes is as hateable as Brady. Probably also because the Brady's was in the division as the same as the Jets, but I also don't think Reed. I like Reed, and Belichick is not as easy of a guy to like, um, just without any charisma. So 
Definitely going Chiefs. I agree with you, Ryan. I still think Purdy's a fraud. I still think he's a game manager, no matter how much they want to uh, make fun of it. But um, I'm not excited about it, but I'm going Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. I think if the if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose to the champion. So uh, I need Kansas City to win to validate my loss. But yeah, I also just don't want the 49ers to win. Like I said, like you guys, I agree with you guys. I think Purdy is a system fraud. I think he's just benefiting from a lot of talent, mostly Christian McCaffrey with him. But maybe it's a little Philadelphia in me too. I just want to see them because they because of how hard they bitched last offseason. I just don't want them to, to have that glory of being of taking it back out on something that they was really out of their control. But yeah, they suck. I'm glad the Ravens beat the beat them up and did it in such a violent fashion. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah actually, Kyle, I, no, go ahead, go ahead. Well, you got it. Kyle Fanahan, by the way, I also think he's overrated. He's like this mastermind, right? If you ever watch him coach, he's never even paying attention when the defense has the ball. Like, if a penalty <laughs> happens or something, he has to have the ref tell him again because he's just on the iPad looking at his offensive plays. And when you have Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey, yeah, you can basically call whatever you want. And Debo goes out limping one play, and they're like, oh, he can't call so many percentage of his plays now because he needs Debo to get it instead of Jawan Jennings. And I'm like, bro, you have four future Hall of Famers potentially on this roster with Brock Purdy, who's something special according to him and his guys. I just – I don't know. He's got a job because his dad was so great for all those years and nothing special there. This might be a hot take, but what I was going to say is, and you can even look at stats, I think Brock Purdy is the next Mark Sanchez. Because (laughs) because, Mark Sanchez, his first was it his first two years? Now I don't remember. I think it's the first first two years. He got to the AFC Championship game both times. And the second year, and everyone was hyping him up. He he in the wild card round, he beat Peyton Manning and the Colts. The divisional round, he beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. And then he lost to Big Ben and the Steelers. But like he he was like that same guy, and he had a pretty like the Jets team was really good overall. They had a great offensive line. They had like really good defense. Uh, yeah, they had a really good defense. And then like I think Thomas Jones were running back one year and he was like he had like 1,400 yards that year. And then they had an older LaDainian Tomlinson, but was still an effective rusher. Um, but I just think he's the same as Mark Sanchez, where Mark Sanchez had a really good team around him. He was good in that situation. And then as soon as the Jets kind of started losing some guys, some guys started getting old. I mean, then like it started just crumbling around. So I, that's my prediction. He's just going to basically turn into Mark Sanchez. I love it. I yeah. love it. I can see it. And, and I know Mark Sanchez, he's like he's the last quarterback that brought the Jets some success. So I don't as a Jets fan, I don't hate Mark Sanchez. And the 49ers fans, they might feel the same way. They might not hate Purdy in the long run. He just might not be the guy. If Purdy butt fumbles in the Super Bowl, I'm gonna explode. What are the odds on that? I have no idea, but if that actually happens, I'm gonna explode. I love it. <laughs> like Mark Sanchez style too, where he like fucks himself up in the process. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh Brutal. My gosh. <clears throat> no, but I, I know we're probably going to talk about it over the next two shows, at least and depending on what happens in the Super Bowl. But correct me if I'm wrong. Mahomes has two, two rings currently, right? He has two Super Bowl wins so far. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just, just yeah. hear me out. Just hear me out. And this is, this is my take. And I want to hear what you guys say, because obviously Brady won seven rings and say what you want. I mean, I'm not a true Brady lover. I don't like goat conversations, but a lot of people say he's the goat and then he could do it with or without Bill Belichick and a lot of those teams, but just, just hear me out. Mahomes isn't going to win more than seven rings. Okay. Just like LeBron James is not going to win more rings than Michael Jordan. Tom Brady 
I can compare to Michael Jordan. A lot of people think he's the GOAT. Can we get to the point here with Mahomes where people start saying that he's the GOAT even if he doesn't get to, you know, seven championships won like Tom Brady? Is this too early to have this conversation? No, I think it's fair. I I think the biggest thing people forget with Brady is he went from, I think it was like 2004 – 2014 with no Super Bowl rings. He went a full 10 seasons without a Super Bowl ring. And then obviously had a couple on the back end, but I don't know. It's it's a weird it's weird that Brady is considered the GOAT just because of that. It's like one of those longevity things. And yeah. Which LeBron just, LeBron gets a lot of boost because of longevity, but that's not the yeah. reason people think he's the GOAT. He had that five right. years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think it's a crazy take. I don't think it's crazy. I, yeah, I just I think the thing about Brady that I respect more and more now that he's out of the game was how he just elevated all the garbage receivers around him into legitimate receivers. Like he really, I don't know. Well, he has that record for most touchdowns thrown to like one single player, like because he threw to so many different people over his career. But, like, the year he had Randy Moss, he threw, like, 50 touchdowns. Anytime he had legitimate weapons, like a real – and he can, I guess he can throw in Welker, Edelman, Gronk, those type guys. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just – there's so much more that, like, even when he didn't have great receivers, he still made them really competitive. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know. I kind of see that with Mahomes now, like – just how many? I don't. I really like. The, I haven't seen this, but I don't know how many drop balls he had. But it must have been an NFL record this year, because anytime yeah. I watched the Chiefs game, there was at least like ten drops. Had to have been, yeah. On average, and like that's not even his fault. He literally hit people in the hands so many times this year, and it didn't count. So like, I don't know. I think he's already been a four out of five Super Bowls. He's has a couple rings already. He's got some MVPs. Like I think he's already in like the Hall of Fame based off just what yep. he did alone. Like if he wins and retires, uh, like it, it's almost like a beef. It's like, well, I don't really don't know what else more you wanted to do other than just keep doing yeah. the same thing. Like you're champ, you're gonna be champ. If you come back, yeah. you're good chance you're gonna still be the champ. Like yeah. Well, yeah, and, and no one's going to play. I mean, it's possible, but no one's going to play as many. Brady played, what, 20, 20 plus years and seven Two. championships, 22 and seven and seven championships. I mean, those are like untouchable records, but it doesn't mean that someone else isn't better. I mean, it's obvious that quarterback play pre Brady. I mean, People used to say that about Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Rodgers is like, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that. I just, no, I know, but you're right. You're right. We're talking about that. But the other thing, I mean, I think it's really elevated Brady's status, especially this year with Belichick really struggling with the Patriots team. And you got like with Mahomes and Reed, like Reed has proven to be a very successful coach without Mahomes. So you have that factor in there that Reed was already a successful coach. And now you have this really successful quarterback. But Brady, you can almost make an argument that he is the one that elevated Reed or elevated Belichick, whereas Reed elevated Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good point. And I know that the playoff talk will always be a big thing too, how Mahomes lost to Brady twice in the playoffs, but everyone remembers the 2018 AFC oh, yeah. championship game with the Chris Jones roughing the passer call. Yeah, we were watching that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When he That's taps so his helmet and they threw the flag. I mean, I've seen worse today. Like you were like six years down the road now I'm seeing worse, not called. And I'm just, the Brady factor. I mean, there's a re- there's partly a reason why he never got hurt is because they didn't let him touch him. And I know that was yeah. one game, but I, I still don't think the QB versus QB should be a factor. I just it's a conversation that's probably gonna yeah. come. I mean, Mahomes win this one, he wins like one more. I don't know. It's Peyton Manning only won two. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, right now only has won what one or two, and 
Just one. Just one. Yeah, somehow only one. And so, like, these great all-time greats, and Mahomes is working on number three. So it's going to happen. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, he has too many stats and MVPs. Dude, you're, you have more than the next round of quarterbacks are ever going to accomplish. Yeah. You know. Right. Oh, that's, that was a great football talk. And I'm that just was gonna, really good. Yeah, yeah. I could probably still so, go another 20 minutes on the Ravens, but I'm going to bore people with it. No, it's okay. We can we can definitely <laughs> talk more more about the Super Bowl and even more football this Saturday, especially since we're recording again. But we'll move on quick here. Um, next topic, we got some 76ers and Flyers updates, and I'll just throw in a, a Nick thing or two. Um, but let's, let's start off with some basketball quick. So uh, I'll just get into the Knicks, and you guys can talk Sixers. But Knicks had the trade. We already talked about that. Since then, they have just been rolling. Um, sorry, my dog there. <laughs> they, got, uh, they got seven wins in a row. They're 30 and 17. And they've just been really cruising. I was pretty critical of the trade when it happened. Um, but Brunson has legitimately, and I don't think it's necessarily because of the trade, they're just doing well. But Brunson has turned into a legitimate superstar. Um, and it's kind of cool to see because I feel like Rand, I've always thought about Randall. He's not, I don't think he is a superstar, but I feel like Brunson just actually can be um, a superstar. He's playing really well. And it's cool to see a guy at his age kind of developed and develop into that guy for them. So I'm happy where they're at. I think they're like the fifth, sixth seed right now. But fourth. fourth now. So yeah, I think that's been um, good. I like the rotation they got going on. He's playing some of the young guys now a little bit more like miles McBride and guys I wanted to see last year even. (laughs) So I do like that. Um, and they're using – he's getting some more depth out of his guys, more like the – I guess it's easy when they're winning the way they are, but I, I like to see that. So hopefully it continues, and I like I like the team this year. So When did they get Brunson? Was that middle last year, or was that in the offseason? Right, so I'm as a free agent uh, before last. So this is the second year on the Knicks. This is the second year. I mean, I'm still a believer in it takes time. And like a month and a half, it was probably like two months ago now, that night where the Knicks beat the Sixers in prime time, like a Friday night. Mm -hmm. I remember watching that game and being pissed off. But I remember Brunson just saying how like all they can really do right now, it was kind of like the Kings take from last year, is just try to stack up wins. You know, they just got to stack up wins. They got to stack up wins. And they've been having trouble. But, yeah, they won seven in a row. They're fourth place in the Eastern Conference. And I mean, you're ta- we're at the point now where the last couple of years you were happy to see him in a first round matchup, like a competitive first round matchup. Now we're mm-hmm. talking like home home court and they win a series at least because I mean, anything's possible in the yeah. second round. The Sixers have had Buku teams not make it through. So, I mean, I, I do you think they would do anything else before the deadline? I know that the deadline's coming up February 8th, I believe. Yeah. I don't know. There was talks of trying to – I saw some talks about the Knicks trying to maybe get, like, someone like Brogdon um, as, like, a okay. potential He's piece. chilling with Trailblazers, but, not doing nothing. <laughs> right. Um, so, I don't I don't know. I I think it wouldn't hurt. Randall has a shoulder issue that's – it's not serious, but we'll see how, like, much it hampers him throughout the rest of the year. And I don't, I don't want Brunson to be, like, gas playing, you know – every single game just like being the load for the offense every night like it'd be nice to you know have someone else step up and uh do some of that so i think they could make one more piece but we'll see i'd someone like brogdon or maybe yeah i'm trying to think of someone else but someone like that nice do you think uh this is, a, this is just like a general question, but I was thinking about today. Do you think the Grizzlies are going to blow up any parts of their team? Or do you think they just continue to lose, get a nice draft pick, and bring it back next year? I think, I think with Moran. Think they, yeah, go ahead, Ben. I just think with Moran, I think they're going to run it back again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they were a really good team last year, and – they brought in Marcus Smart. I don't know if that 
how much that helps or hurts, but they basically brought in Marcus Smart and got rid of Dylan Brooks. So besides all the injuries and the Morant issues, essentially their roster should have been better, if not at least the same, which they were a solid playoff team the last year, two years. Now my NBA recent history is always horrible for some reason. But, I, yeah, I think they run it back. I mean, Morant's out for the season now. You have every excuse in the world to not feel pressure to blow anything up. I mean, I feel like that's just what the Memphis Grizzlies teams do. They had Gasol, Randolph, and Mike Conley for, like, seven straight years, and they just kept running it back because they've never been, like, relevant, relevant. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. And I don't think it's yeah. a problem to run it back. I think teams – get blow up happy and yeah yeah i guess it's more they would be like a retool for them than a rebuild like they would if they could swap somebody out for somebody they like a little bit better or you know because also i mean if you're gonna lose this year you might as well just get a nice pick in the process you know so if there is somebody where you can open up a little bit of space or i'm just saying for buying purposes for both the knicks and the sixers like if they came knocking on somebody on their team like yeah i would definitely be interested if the sixers were able to swing somebody you know off their team you know just like looking around the landscape of teams that are not doing as hot that maybe would sell off a piece or two it's like yeah i would definitely look at memphis and i saw the warriors yeah the warriors too that that would be another team you know they're probably they could probably be more inclined to totally blow it up versus retool but just because they're kind of at the tipping point of, okay, you have your core, but how much longer can you hold on to these guys at the price that they're, you know, at the, that they're at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Grizzlies just quickly looking at their depth chart, Jaron Jackson Jr. He's a lock to stay. Obviously, yeah. Ryan's a lock to stay. They're going to keep Marcus smart. Probably Xavier Tillman. He's been there a couple of years. I feel like he's a solid role player to the team, but after that, like a Luke Kennard, Derrick Rose is out right now. I don't know the extent of his injury, but there's a couple guys there that easily could be. I feel like a Luke Kennard would be a role player on, you know, a contending team, and he's a starter on the Grizzlies right now. So, yeah, Yeah, the Celtics will definitely be picking him up. They also have Scottie (laughs) Pippen Jr. on their roster. I don't know what's going on with that. I forgot about that, but I just noticed that. Interesting. All right, well, Embiid, so I know we haven't talked, I guess, since he had the the monster game. Um, oh, my You guys gosh. can talk about talk about some of that or just the Sixers in general. But the other thing I did see was that now, you know, we talked about it earlier in the year as far as what they did as far as the count of awards. And now Embiid's at five games. He can only miss for the rest of the year to be eligible for MVP. So – this this whole thing kind of coming into play uh, earlier than people thought, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go first, Chase? Oh, yeah. It's definitely, uh, you know, I guess sucks that he only has that little bit of time left, but uh, somehow he's going to get swindled out of it for Jokic anyway, so he might as well just get it out of the way. And that way we can just – the NBA can nut all over Jokic for the rest of the year. Just get, you know, <laughs> but like I said, I've always rather been an, a finals MVP guy versus regular season MVP guy. So Jokic can definitely have regular season MVP as long as he knows we're going to take him down to the playoffs and get that finals MVP. Who got finals? What did Jokic get it last year? Did he get the finals MVP? I think so. he did, yeah. yeah, so yeah, so he got the last laugh on his little chariot riding out of the stadium behind his two ponies. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is it's kind of – Embiid's missed a lot of time over the, over the years. Everyone knows that. I mean, he's a center in the league. It's going to happen. But the at least the good part about this year is it's been nothing serious. It's not like one injury has blasted him out two months. Yeah, he's a bunch of little nagging stuff, but it's almost – could be a blessing in disguise – Kind of, I mean, it was like kind of Aaron Jones with the Packers, right, where he missed a bunch of games, and then it was almost like he was fresh for the playoff run. I mean, he he's played 33 games this year. The fact of the matter is he's averaging 36, 11 and a half, and almost two blocks a game. 
And that's your to your point, Ben. He's on his way to back-to-back MVPs, and obviously it could be one of the most controversial things ever. I mean, if he ends up playing, realistically, he can only miss five games, so he's on pace for 70 right now. Let's say he he plays – because I get it. If you play like 40, 45, maybe 50 games, but if he plays 55 to 60 games and has yeah. this stat line, and it's going to be controversial, and it'll be everywhere because, I mean – I don't know. It'll probably just make people hate Adam Silver and their higher up decisions. But I think he's on pace for MVP. I don't think he's going to get it because of the games, but I'm like Chase. I'm okay with it. I, I think I'd rather him be fresher for four or seven game series that you have to win to win a title. So, yeah. Yeah. And shout out just quickly to everyone on Instagram who's been watching and joined and uh, commented to Nitty Gritty Sports Talk see with the fire emoji. Appreciate it. And just quick shout out to everyone watching. We do appreciate it. So, yeah, any I don't have any comments on anything on YouTube or the gram, anything yeah. take wise that we missed. No, nope. I think Lindsay, uh, Lindsay said she appreciated all the 49ers takes. Um, so we appreciate you watching. Yeah. 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 No, but we can, so we can circle back to the, circle back yeah. to the Sickers. I mean, the, the bigger concern with MB missing time right now is I'm trying to pull it up real quick, just standings. Cause they're still third in the East, but the bigger concern of him missing time is they need him to win games. The last five the seven games between Tobias Harris, Maxie, and Embiid, all three of them have not been on the court together, which has shown they've lost three in a row. They're still six and four in their last 10, but they had a little bit of a cold stretch earlier in the year when Embiid missed four or five games in a row. Now you're seeing it again. I don't know for sure if he's playing tonight or not. I knew it was going to be a game-time decision. I know Maxie's not, though. But they're still third in the East, right? So if they can just hang in there, I know the Knicks are coming up hop. If they can just hang in there and not do anything crazy, I'm really interested to see because I don't think they can do anything crazy at the deadline to boost them past the second round. I think the team they have now has every much of a shot to win versus what they do, and I'd rather them just run with this team. I mean, Roko was supposed to be a solid role player for us this year. He's really been hurt. I mean, we've gotten the Embiid injury bug plenty of times, but the whole Sixers team as an injury bug this year has, um, you know, really hurt us. I mean, Tobias Harris and Maxi never miss games. So it's, it's obvious she's showing in a negative way. I'm still pumped where we're at. I'm okay with Embiid missing more than – the 17 games or whatever you can miss and getting snubbed. He got his MVP. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm I'm a little nervous in the next two weeks though. So we'll have to check in and we can probably do that Saturday too. I'm sure plenty of moves have yeah. happened since. Yeah. And I, does anyone know what's Zach Levine's injury? Is he going to be back soon or is he like done for the year? Just, just thinking of potential trade candidates, but I, I know he's out on this. Oh yeah, I don't know actually what his injury is. Because if he, if he's someone who can come back before the like the trade deadline, he's someone who could definitely be sought after. Yeah, I mean he's been out since January 18th with an ankle injury, and it just says he'll miss at least another week. So it's nothing. It doesn't seem long term. It's not okay, like so that could be a ball that could be a. Yeah, so I just, feel like Chase is Chase is one of that Levine for like four years now. Well, it just like kind of made sense, but now I don't even want him now. I I kind of wanted him like two months ago, but now I'm just like I, I'm kind of with you, Ryan. I was like, I'd rather just add like, a, like, like a Seth Curry type or somebody who can just be a shooter, just somebody to like take some minutes, like. I'm not so, so like so concerned about a star anymore. Maybe it's the fact that Doc got hired back in the East. I know we're gonna play him in some round to beat him in a game seven, so I'm not even that scared anymore. But yeah, I don't think they need to blow their wad on somebody like 
I don't know what Zach Levine's going to cost. It kind of seems like they're just stashing him until the deadline so he can't get hurt. Like, even if he was just a little banged up, it would make sense for them to hold him out until then, or at least close till then. You kind of know what you're going to get with Zach Levine at this point. It's not like he's a two-year player or anything. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's definitely still explosive. I'm sure he would add a, a new, you know, element to a team. But I don't know. I think with the Sixers, you, you've let these guys gel for most of the year. I think they can be competitive with pretty much anyone in the East. And, you know, I'll take my chances with teams from the West. Yeah, I mean, at this point, their offense is maxing in and be pick and roll with like some Tobias post ups here and there. They don't yeah. really need the offense. So, I mean, just looking at their bench players, and I completely forgot about the Anthony Melton, who's been oh, out. Yeah, like it seems like two months now. I know it's not that long, but that's been a big blow. I mean, you think about coming off the bench, Paul Reed. Energy, Pat Beverly defense, Kelly Oubre points. Like, it seems like they have most of the pieces. I know everyone's maybe just not good enough, but I don't think Maury's yeah. – I don't. he's not in a position where he can do anything crazy, so, and I think for once he won't, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. But I'm always okay with not making moves midseason. It's just me. I'm kind of more old school with that. But Yeah, no, I agree. And if he wants to put Covington out in the trash, I – don't hate the decision. I totally understand it. But, you know, I still think – I think he can make a few moves, just more role-player, bench-type guys who can just be solid in the playoffs. And to be honest, I don't really know what to expect with Nick Nurse. I mean, the regular season is what it is, but once we get into the playoffs, I feel like every coach kind of tightens things up and changes even their own plans a little bit from what they were doing in the regular season. So – I guess part of it is is ignorance, and I don't really know what to expect with Nick Nurse. I know everyone says he's a defensive-minded coach, so maybe it goes haywire. But, uh, you know, I think he's done a good job this year of at least blending a lot of guys together more than Doc used to. It seemed like he had his set groups, and those were the groups that were going to play, and there wasn't mixing of groups. And, yeah. So at least Nick Nurse, I feel like he's playing for the inevitability of an injury and he can just slide pieces around and still make it work, which I like. I'm in love with that, considering the way the negligence we've had with roster building and making it work. Yeah. Yeah. And Ever- shout out to Julia for uh, the comment, just appreciating the, the content. So we appreciate you you watching and listening as well. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Julia Lindsay. Who was the other person who reached out? We had uh, Nitty Gritty Sports Talk who commented with a fire emoji. Oh, so. I res- yeah. Thank you for you reaching listening. out. Yeah, yeah, appreciate everyone always listening to our. You know, we might not have the hottest takes, but they're takes, and people listen to takes. So, you know, yeah. I'm just gonna have to keep spitting them hey. out there. Hey, Jordan Love. No Packer, no Packer <laughs> hating this week. That's all I'm gonna say. No, I was I'll, pump bad. We didn't, yeah. for, I'll pump up Jordan Love for five minutes if it gives us some, uh, gives us some heat. He's going to get yeah. money, so uh, get ready, Packers fans. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, no, we got yeah. him. But, but uh, all right, do you want to uh, touch Flyers or you want to talk something six years yeah. again and then we'll we'll get into Flyers? Ryan, uh, did you have something? I was just going to quickly go over the NBA All-Stars since they were announced. I don't know oh, if yeah. you guys want to. There's nothing crazy there. But in the West, you have Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Both have been Western All-Star starters for 800 years. Jokic is in the middle, boo, and then their backcourts. And then their backcourts, Luka Doncic and SGA oh, filing God. in there, which I feel like that's a like no sleeper on a sleeper team, and they're and they're playing well. And I don't know, nothing crazy there. I mean, people can always talk about snubs, the coaches. Now, strictly so, there's each team gets seven reserves, and it's all based on NBA coaches, I think. So, no one really gets snubbed anymore. I mean, to me, an all star is an all star, and just like I don't know, the NFL with the Pro Bowl, anyone and everyone can get in there. So, there, no one's going to get snubbed, especially out of the West. The biggest thing out of the West was there's no, no curry. I mean, I feel like the Warriors are always 
all over there. I feel like they've had three some years with Curry, Clay, and KD, and nothing there. That was like the biggest surprise. I'm sure Curry will get on his reserve. And then over on the east side, it's Giannis, Embiid, and Tatum is their front court. And then Tyrese Halliburton and Dame in the backcourt. So the Bucks get two starters. Craziest thing for me is that Dame's never been an all-star starter. So I'm, some people were kind of salty about it, felt there was other people more deserving. I, for one, feels Dame has every right to be an all-star starter, at least once in his career. I mean, you think about the West all those years, it was Curry, and then you basically take your pick between James Harden and Russell Westbrook at the other spot. So I'm happy for Dame. The other interesting thing is with the Eastern starters is only Giannis has a ring. So mm. it's, it's a lot of, I mean, you know, Dame came over, Tyrese Halliburton's kind of younger, Embiid's Embiid, and Tatum is a choke artist, just because I can say <laughs> that it's our show. So only Giannis with the one ring. So a lot less championship caliber on the team. Not that I'm going to watch the all-star game or root for anyone, but overall I thought the 10 starters they named, I'm excited to see if Maxi is a reserve. I think he will be as he should, but it should be. I mean, you think 12, 12 all-stars per conference, that's almost one a team. So, I mean, the I, the, only, the only reason I was salty a little bit with Dame is because I thought Brunson was more deserving. Okay, and I thought that was a big one. I, a lot of people thought Brunson over Dame. So, and as a Knicks fan, I mean, I I'd love to have an All Star starter. Again, I'm not probably going to watch it either, <laughs> but I just thought just the way he's played and how successful he's been as the lead of that team he was deserving of that but if it was anyone else i would have been fine with dame it's just only because of brunson yeah is halliburton having this crazy of a season by the way i don't watch much pacers i mean they beat the Sixers. he's, he's having a really good fight. year so he's playing really well his shot's like just that. so ugly it is it's it reminds me of like the lonzo's terrible shot I kind of like Lonzo's though. Oh, I, don't like I don't like Lamelo's. Lonzo is just enough. Just enough of a little oh, shimmy pop. They're both bad. But, yeah, they are. Uh, Chase, you want to touch on some flyers, and then we can either uh, go quickly for some box score or just go right into our immaculate grid. All right. Yeah, we can touch on the flyers real quick. So I think the last time we touched on the flyers was when they dealt Connor Gautier, that trader sent him out to mm-hmm. Anaheim to live out a long, slow hockey death in a terrible town. So, hope he enjoys that. But, yeah, we got back Jamie Drysdale. Like we said, he's a unicorn right, to, right shot defenseman. It gives the Flyers a lot of surplus on defense. So, you'd have to expect at the deadline they're going to be more active than they have been. And especially now, there's been news that Carter Hart got pulled out of the starting lineup and gave indefinite leave of absence. And today he was charged in a case from 2018 at the World Hockey Junior Championships where there was alleged sexual misconduct. And four players were a part of that, including Carter Hart. So tough blow to the Flyers, especially after the Cutter Gautier incident. And now you're losing your top goalie for the foreseeable future. And, Obviously, there's a lot of details to be shaped to, you know, come about from this case. And who knows what the real story is. And hopefully it's not what it seems right now uh, for everyone involved. But so tough move. The Flyers, although in the offseason we talked about, they had really good options at goalie. So in step Samuel Urson, who's been tremendous this season as a backup to Carter Hart. Uh, statistically almost even a little bit better than him. He's definitely shown, and especially in shootout situations, he's got ice in his veins, really doesn't seem to get carried away with too much, and uh, they're going to need that to rely on him to go through the rest of the year if Carter Hart's out. So good news for the Flyers is that they had goaltending depth, first time ever since I can imagine in my lifetime that they've had not one but two good goalies who can be legitimate. So He's going to step in. Their last five games, they dropped. Two of those were against top teams in their division, the Bruins and the uh, Lightning, so can't take too much out of that. But definitely skidding here. They were a hot team. They were getting a lot of uh, shootout wins, just getting those points where they needed them. They're still third in the Metro, so 
overall hanging in there and obviously moves are going to be made to to even out the team right now they're definitely a little bit imbalanced and there's obviously probably a little bit of you know stuff going on in the locker room just with all the tur- with all the things going around but overall i still feel like the flyers have put together uh, more than acceptable season so far I went tip. It's been a really good bright spot. Had an, a, a tremendous goal, which we should we should definitely uh, uh, show at some point. Where uh, you know made some highlights. I'm pretty sure he was even the top center top play of the night on their countdown. He just got an extension too, right? Yeah, and signed an extension in the last few days, so he's locked up. And I got to give it to him when Claude Giroux wanted out and he picked the Florida Panthers. I hated him because I was just confused as to why he would pick a team with not allowed to give us in return if we're letting you pick the team. So anyways, he picked Florida, didn't even resign there. So he left and then he gave us Owen Tippett and a first round pick, nothing to sneeze at, but at the time he was a younger player, maybe not as, you know, it was hard to really judge what he could be as more just a buy low and see what can happen. And since he's been here, he's been nothing but great and definitely improving with each season and each game. You can definitely tell, but for the Flyers as a whole, you got to say that they definitely took a step forward under John Tortorella. He's a really good coach. He's been coaching the young guys hard. And just on this season, guys who you need to take a step forward have connected. He's been up there and their points. Joel Farabee, a guy who you needed to take a step forward, and he did. Sean Couturier was out for a year and a half, basically, came back and still leading the team in a lot of points. Owen Tippett, like we mentioned, has been good. Morgan Frost, another guy who was younger, really not sure. He built on a really good second half, and he's been able to show up in games this year. And on defense, they've really just been able to build on the fact they traded Provorov over the summer. They got back uh, picks, and they left a hole, and they needed Cam York and guys like Sandheim and Sean Walker to step up, and they have. And that's really good news for the Flyers overall. Um and Igor Zamula, a guy who was just kind of like a roster bubble guy, has been pretty decent so far. Just a good skater, offensively has been able to do a lot. So, you know, on the year, I feel like the Flyers have been doing better, but there's definitely yeah. some uncertainty with them now. And to see if Urson can hold down being a number one goalie is going to be a test. But, you know, I think he has the chops to do it. They called up Cam Atkinson. He hasn't been – or not Cam Atkinson. Um Cal Peterson and he's been awful with LA and they just took him because of salary reasons, but he's going to be the guy backing up Urson and we'll see. That's crazy. I didn't realize Carter Hart was involved. And I also don't understand how poor people can be involved in a scandal like that. I didn't read into it yet, but that's just a huge blow. And I just, I don't know, Carter Hart, I feel like it's a class like guy, like a guy that you want to be, you know, kind of representing your organization. That's what I thought. So I don't know what will all come from it, but hoping for not the worst. But if it is, I'm not going to back him on it. So yeah, it's tough. I've I never really saw him as that type of person. I've never heard anything that would say the otherwise either. And even since the story broke, it's not like stuff has come out about him that I've seen since then so you know it was like the wander franco thing it was like the initial news happened and then things started coming out like unless they're just keeping it really tightly sealed i haven't been able to see anything that would say otherwise with carter hart but yeah it's definitely discouraging a blow in the middle of the season especially um you know getting closer to the trade deadline you're really starting to see what we have and now twice you've had to reshuffle the roster and kind of get an idea of what the future could be without these guys. So tough love, especially at a position like goalie, it's tough to lose a guy. You know, I think in other places it's a little bit easier to replace, but goalie is just such a hard spot. And the Flyers have just sucked so bad at just trying to find anyone who could stop a puck. And they finally got two out of nowhere. Unbelievable. And now we're back to one. So tough. (laughs) That is tough. Appreciate the yeah, flyers. It's like, they, it's like when they had that case. What about the duo, Brian Boucher and Sergey Bobrovsky? You know, yeah. like that duo. I liked it. The Flyers didn't like Bobrovsky, and they traded him. That's probably the last time they had a duo. So, yeah, that, I mean, that was definitely the last time they had it. Uh, guys who could be like legitimate with each other. Yeah. 
but yeah, and uh, and in hockey, there's really not a whole lot of single goalie teams. Like, there's not a whole lot that just ride one guy and get a backup here and there. Like, I think it is kind of more two guys show one getting a little bit more than the other. But yeah, when you have somebody like Carter Hart, obviously you want him to be that guy who can go out and just put the work in and be a carry hard type guy goalie but you know it's tough it's a really tough position and yeah it's a tough blow to the flyers hopefully it's nothing (laughs) too serious uh but yeah yeah and that's the hockey chat and we'll never talk about it again (laughs) no i like it no i appreciate it yeah Yeah. i like it too yeah because i don't follow it enough so I mean, even if it is flyers, it's good to good to get some takes on it. Yeah, um, so I think for the some Islanders takes. Yeah, I don't have any Islanders takes. Another coach got fired. That's all I got. But yeah. all right, well, we we appreciate yeah. everyone for listening for watching, and we're gonna we're gonna sign off now because we've been on here for a hot minute. But yeah.